Welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, hello there. I'm certainly glad that you've taken time out of this day to download this podcast and to listen to us. You know, it's a busy time of year with the holidays and uh, the winter weather and different parts of the country uh, experiencing different things. And, of course, around the world, we certainly welcome you. And today we're going to try to answer some more questions that came in through our email. Yet, uh, we've been kind of off on here with questions that come in, but uh, I've been trying to hang on to these and, and research them and try to give them all at once. And I certainly appreciate your patience if you submitted uh, a question. Before I forget, though, I do want to remind you there is a free ebook available on our webpage uh, under the support tab there. It is absolutely no cost to you at all. And I would encourage you to go check that out and, and to download it. And uh, if you listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you would know that I do know the, the lady who. Uh, great Christian woman who, who wrote this book. And so I would encourage you to, to do that, and I certainly appreciate her willingness to offer this uh, free to uh, our listeners here on this podcast. So if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it up and follow along. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 3 to answer this first question. Galatians chapter 3. And basically this question came up with somebody that I know personally, uh, they were trying to uh, justify some things. Uh, they were searching for answers. I'm not sure which. Uh, but they, uh, they're very nice uh, people, really sincerely trying to do what is right. Basically, they, uh, the question was, or the belief would be, are we as Christians confined by the Old Testament? And so Paul is going to be addressing this in the book of Galatia. Uh, Galatians, excuse me, he's in the area of Galatia. And so uh, please take a moment and uh, open your Bible and, and follow along here. In this epistle, again, uh, you can read here where Paul is speaking to the Galatians. Uh, he's traveling clearly after the death of Christ, after his own conversion, which is now modern-day Turkey. And he's spreading the gospel, and one of the big questions that came up at that time, which is a confusing thing even to people today, as I've already stated, the place of the Torah, or the Old Testament, and all the people, uh, and the vast majority of the people, that the apostles, including Paul and Peter, uh, they were converting people. They were Jewish. They had a Jewish background. They were raised Jewish, worshipped as Jews. And so now, with all the Jewish law and the Torah, what do we do with it? And so this question comes up even today. So, do we follow the Old Testament? Uh, do we follow the, the Torah? I like that word better, really. Uh, do we want to throw it away? Well, we have uh, Jesus saying on one hand, think about this, uh, if anyone denies even a, a fraction of the Old Testament, then let him be accursed. And then they say, well, wait a minute now. You're no longer under the law, 
And then we have to go totally, uh, at least from the uh, Christian uh, perspective, we have this very confusing and what we need to do. And it's, this is an expression, I believe, uh, of faith here in belief. Uh, we have people that, uh, in the Christian world today, you know, Messianic Jews, who uh, are trying to have the best of both worlds. And I know several people who in the past were involved with that or at least uh, looked into uh, searching that out. And so, but they, they have Christ, and then, of course, they're really big on the Old Testament. So again, the question is, people ask, and the days of uh, Paul as well as uh, today, what do, what do we do with the Torah? And so Paul, he gives us the answer because he says here in, in Galatians chapter 3, faith comes now is it, it, a belief in something. You know, you've heard me give my definition of faith uh, is the object or thing believed in. So in Galatians chapter 3, uh, starting in verse uh, 20, now mediator is not uh, for one party only, whereas God is only one. Verse 21, is the law then contrary to the promises of God? May it never be. For if a law has been given which was able to impart life, then righteousness would indeed would have been based on law. Verse 22, but the scripture has shut up everyone under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ may be given to those who believe. Verse 23, but before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith, which was later to be revealed. Verse 24, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith. And so this kind of gives us an idea here of kind of where we're going, I guess, trying to answer this. But you can't comprehend, perhaps, or even understand that we're not trying to go around to prove that God exists. I think God exists as a faith thing, although I think creation around us says that there is a God, there is a creator. And so we, we need to see and understand, I guess, our, our Christian faith and belief. Now, some versions use this word confined instead of, um, I read from the New American Standard here, custody. And so, uh, you know, we're going, we're going to talk about this idea, this Greek terminology here. So try to bear with me. I'm not even going to try to pronounce half of these uh, Greek words that are here. But just like any language that I've ever encountered, uh, we have people who listen from all over the world who not actually probably know more than just English. English is not their first language. It's a words, even in the English language, can have multiple meanings. And so this, this idea in uh, this text here that Paul is writing, it, it, there's really a big mouthful here if you really want to do a word study. But the gospel writers, especially like Paul, uh, they like to use a military terminology. 
And so if you would look up the direct meaning of this word uh, that is meant uh, for its day, it means to guard and protect as a military guard. So this is, what, is where they're getting this idea of, of a confinement, because to up to now under this, we're under this control, uh, we're being imprisoned, and this is what they're doing, basically, with this Greek word, is a, a direct translation. But it really doesn't always ring true. And that's why I'm really big on word studies. If you listen to the podcast regularly, uh, you would know that I really enjoy word studies. They are time-consuming, but they're, they're very rewarding uh, when you have the time uh, to do that. And the reason I think this translation doesn't really sound right is because Jesus says, I no longer call you a servant. I, I call you a friend. So this can't be the, the real definition of what Paul is trying to say here. I think what the Apostle Paul is trying to say is another meaning uh, of this Greek word, which is to protect and guard against. And this sometimes is what happens is that we will hear people translate a word with, with only this singular uh, meaning or idea. And I've been probably very guilty of this as well in my past, and that's why I really have gotten into word studies, to, to really understand the, the complete meaning of what's going on here. And so, again, the Greek has multiple uh, definitions for the same words, just like we do in the English language. And we actually have some people from uh, the parts of the world that Greek is their first language, and I'm sure they could give me a really good lesson if they really wanted to. But as you and I, are we confined under this law? It makes it sound like uh, the Torah is, is a prison. But if we would interpret this correctly as the other meaning of the word, we can then interpret it that uh, we have been guarded against, but the garden against what? Well, that would be guard against sin. And, and that's what the, the Old Testament or the Torah, I think, is doing, it is, is protection during that time so that we were kept under this guard, not as a confinement, but a guard until that faith comes in Jesus. Now, we can be protected, and so the law was now our guardian, uh, our, our teacher. Some versions say that. Uh, some versions use this word custodian. But, but here the word is, is our guardian. It protects us from uh, sin, kind of like a, a parent. You know, uh, there's paperwork every time I go to the doctor. They, they ask for your signature or their legal guardian uh, somebody's protecting somebody who's considered a minor under the law. They want to make sure that that child has protection, and that's what God is doing. He's trying to protect his children from sin and death. But now we have been given this faith. We have been given uh, Jesus. And so in that sense, it is no longer our guard because Christ, he gave us something else. And now... He's the new guard. That's, that guard uh, is the Pentecostal uh, Pentecost event, which is 
really the grace of the Holy Spirit, that protection, because this is how we what we talk about in the Holy Spirit. And I know I've had listeners who are really gun shy about talking about the Holy Spirit. They're afraid they're going to either misstate something or they're going to look like some denomination that they don't want to agree with. But all that aside, the Holy Spirit is a promise that uh, Jesus would give part of this Trinity idea, one God, but the Spirit, the Spirit of God. And He is a protector. He uh, protects us in several ways, but He has been revealed through Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm going to give you the Comforter, the, the, the Spirit of Truth. And, and this is now our protection. Does it nullify everything that ever happened before in the Torah? No, it does not. And this is where a lot of people start getting twisted and, and confused or uh, maybe uh, try and insert things where they shouldn't be. And one example would be uh, eating a, a kosher diet. I mean, if you want to eat a kosher diet, there is nothing stopping you from doing that. I think we have the freedom to to do that or, or to eat all foods. I mean, again, you can read this in the book of Acts where Peter and, and God are really having this discussion about unclean foods, and God says, no, don't call anything unclean that I have made clean. And so the kosher diet, I believe, was... There are several pictures there that we could go into at some point in the future, but for the most part, I think it was, again, to protect the people. They didn't necessarily have the correct way of cooking uh, some of those types of foods, uh, and some of them you wouldn't want to eat anyway. I'll, I know I wouldn't, not by choice. And so, But that does not uh, nullify or get rid of the Torah because... That was our guard, and now we have a living guard, and that living guard, of course, is the Holy Spirit that's been given to us uh, through, through Jesus and through the promises of baptism. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people argue if you've got to be baptized or not, uh, immersed. But if you would really read the sermon that Peter would give, he would say, oh, yes, baptism uh, you had the promise of, of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Spirit. And so, I don't know, as a Christian, I want that indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I want the protection that the Holy Spirit can provide me, that, that Spirit of truth. And so, again, here's Jesus says, I, I'm calling you a friend. And so, sometimes when we translate this, we, we really need to be careful and that we can get caught up in the idea, again, that words uh, only have one meaning in, in any particular given language. And that's, that's kind of a dangerous uh, area to, to do that. And so I think it's because you can come up with really bad theology. And part of that bad theology, I just kind of gave an example of baptism, uh, you don't have to be baptized to be a Christian. You don't have to be baptized to be saved. Uh, you don't have to be baptized to receive the Holy Spirit, uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, if you read uh, the day of Pentecost, you would understand that Peter, exactly what Peter is saying. 
And so bad theology is easy to adapt uh, and, and, and begin to place into your life. And so I think we need to be very, very careful. This Again, this back to this word of confinement. Uh, our English language confinement is a bad thing that, that puts me into a prison. And that's not what uh, it's meant to be. It's meant to be protection that was offered to uh, the Jewish uh, through faith, which the coming Messiah uh, w- would give him a comfort, a new spirit of truth, a new guardian, if you would. And so, again, I believe there's lots of rich material, and we would not really know God without the Torah, the Old Testament. You know, uh, you've heard me say this before, you know, people say, well, we're a New Testament church, and the Old Testament has no meaning to us. Well, that's kind of a dangerous thing, too, as we just read. I think it is a good school teacher. It is an idea that God does not like sin, and what does he do with people who sin, and uh, how he punishes them, how he looks at it. And we live in a society in a world today that God loves everything and everyone, and it doesn't matter what dog you talk to, we're all going to heaven. And that's just, that's not true. Again, that's the idea of bad theology. And so, does God love everyone? Yes, absolutely. Does he hope and pray uh, that uh, all would transform to him and allow the Holy Spirit to and dwell, and, and absolutely, he wants all of us to be in heaven with him. That was the original plan until the devil come along and put a ripple in the water. And so, the only way to do away with bad theology, honestly, listeners, is to study your Bible. Find a a group of people who are sincerely seeking the truth of the Word of God, want to worship in spirit and truth. And I'm not talking about any particular denomination one way or the other. Uh, I can, I would like to help you if you're searching and looking for a, a place to worship. And I, I would be happy to, to do my best, uh, depending on where you live, would make it easier or more difficult, obviously. But we, we need to know God. He wants us to know him. He has provided us with the written word that we call the Bible. He sent Jesus, his son, to to purchase us back, to redeem us back uh, from this captivity of sin and death, to give us freedom with him. That doesn't mean we're free to believe and do whatever we want and say. But we have this freedom with him of, of grace and peace and mercy, all those wonderful sermons that we really like to hear, and not uh, the sermons and podcasts about uh, sin and death and and bad theologies. All right, so I hope uh, this answers uh, the question. I know they said they were going to be listening to the podcast and see uh, the answer I came up with, and they want to hold me to it, whatever I say and record. I was uh, warned. But I stand by what I say, and I, and I truly believe uh, what I have stated. So if you have a Bible question, uh, 
prayer requests, please go to our webpage and submit it, and I would be happy uh, to do my best. Thank you. All right, so here we go with the next question. Okay, this question uh, came in, oh, six, eight weeks ago, and I emailed the person, asked if it's okay if I answer this in the podcast, and they finally responded and said yes. Uh, and their question was, does anywhere in the Bible actually describe an encounter with a ghost? Well, the answer really is not really. Uh, that's really the short answer. There is probably one example of where somebody thought they saw a ghost, and that's going to be in the uh, Old Testament here. And if you want to turn with me and, and follow along, it would be great. And that's going to be in First Samuel chapter 28. First Samuel chapter 28. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but this is where uh, King Saul is... Uh, He's having a lot of troubles in his life, and the enemy's army is mounting against him. Uh, he's kind of lost. He's kind of new at being king. There's, he's really the first king uh, physically uh, walking around here, I guess, uh, in the uh, kings of Israel. Uh, I say that lightly because I believe Jesus has always been king. Um, the, even before King Saul, he was king. And you can read all that if you want on your own. It, it's actually... And for Samuel, Samuel and God get in the discussion about kingship and whatnot. But to answer this question, Saul goes to a, a medium, uh, uh, somebody who claimed to be able to talk to the dead, but not only could they talk to them, they could bring them up out of the grave so you could visit with them type of idea. And so Saul is really wanting some advice and the only one that he really feels that he can trust to give him the advice is uh, Samuel and of course the prophet Samuel is long dead and buried and so he goes to this the witch of Endor and begins this uh, discussion with this witch tells her what he wants to hear see and all this type of thing and so she begins to do her little thing and all of a sudden there is an image and that seems to come up out of the ground. And you can tell when you when you read this uh, event that even she's really kind of shocked that she's actually seeing what she's doing. And so and it'll kind of lead you to believe that uh, anything that she would have said before this actually goes on in her mind and, and Saul's mind, uh, that uh, she would have just made up something. But... She says that she sees something. She describes this image. Um, and so in verse 14, he says, what is his form? And she says, an old man is coming up and he's wrapped with, with a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel. And he bowed with his face to the ground and did homage. Verse 15, Samuel said to Saul, why do you have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am greatly distressed, for the Philistines are waging war against me, and God has departed me from me and no longer answers me, either through prophets or by dreams. Therefore, I've called on you, and that you could tell me what I need to do. And so um, Samuel basically says, um, 
you've already broken God's law. You've you've abandoned God a long time ago, and you're you're proving now that you really have abandoned God. You're breaking His law. Uh, you've gone to a witch uh, uh, of Endor here uh, to talk to me. You know that's prohibited. God does not want you to do this. Um, you're dead. Your your kingship over Israel is over because tomorrow you will be dead. You will be with me. And so, uh, and that's exactly what happens the next day. Uh, Saul and his sons are, are killed in battle. Now, it can be argued that they really didn't see Samuel or ghost. Uh, and somebody's going to argue using Luke chapter 16. In Luke 16, Jesus is talking uh, about a parable and I believe all parables have truth in them. They're not just a made-up story. But you have the rich man and Lazarus here in Luke chapter 16. And Jesus makes this very clear that the living cannot cross this great gulf, and the dead cannot come back this direction uh, into the land of the living. And so, did he really see Saul was, uh, did Saul really see Samuel, excuse me, uh, the Bible says he did, so I'm going to go with that he did. How is that possible, given what Jesus says? Well, I haven't quite figured that out, other than God allowed it uh, this one particular time. And so we get scared. Human nature is we get into an area where at night or whatever, uh, unfamiliar neighborhoods, new jobs, whatever. And we do. We get scared in what we don't know or don't understand. Our mind begins to fill in lots of blanks for us. And that's not a good thing. And so, uh, again, uh, our ghost real, not in the sense that Hollywood has made it to be. Uh, is there spirits? Uh, absolutely. Uh, we all have the spirit uh, our soul living within us, the Spirit of, of God, if you're a Christian living within us. But I think it's a whole different subject. And so this idea about Halloween and ghosts and goblins and all that, uh, I think is more of an evil uh, thing. And so I'm not real big on Halloween. Uh, I'm not against people handing out candy and have a good time or whatever, fall parties we use a lot of things and descriptions to change up what we're really doing. And so, but if you're just getting together with church friends and family and, and you're having a party and, and enjoying candy, okay, whatever. But uh, as a Christian, for me to dress up in, in some kind of satanic costume, I would have serious troubles with that personally. I don't think in good conscience I could do that. And so I know this is December I know Halloween was several months ago, but the paranormal uh, is a very real thing for a lot of people, and people like to dabble in it, uh, and you've heard me talk about this in, in past podcasts if you've listened. These are just things that we just honestly should stay away from. Horoscopes, eight balls, uh, fortune tellers. I think all you're doing is opening up the door for the devil to to do his work on you and your soul and i just anything i can do to prevent that i'm going to do that 
So I hope this answers the question for a lot of people. Uh, kind of an odd question, I guess, to be answering uh, in light of Christmas season and all. But uh, the Bible is always full of this type of thing. People have questions, and if you have one, uh, please feel free to email me and uh, through the webpage. And the lady at the end, he'll give you the uh, web address again. If you have a prayer request or if you're a prayer warrior, please, please uh, check that out. I, I realize it doesn't change dramatically very much, but um, it does change. And those people really have asked for prayers. And I, I, I pray for all my listeners, for those who are persecuted each and every day, may not know you by name, but I know you're out there. And uh, I just certainly believe that we need to be praying for one another. Prayers are very powerful, very real thing. And we are the only ones in God's creation to be able to speak to him directly. I had, none of his other creation can do that. And so please uh, take time to pray. Take time to read your Bibles uh, find a good church group that's really teaching the entire Word of God, uh, not just our favorite chapter, favorite verse or subject or whatever. Um, it, it's amazing to me all the different uh, groups that I have visited here in the last couple of years. Uh, they, they're really hung on one topic. You know, I can go to a different uh, group, and that's all they talk about. And it's okay if you're doing a, a study, and you're really trying to figure out a certain topic, and sometimes that takes a while. But the same one for years and years and years uh, seems to me that you're letting a lot of other things go. And a 20-minute sermon, 30-minute sermon, if that's all you're getting in the Word of God, you really need to make time for more. And I appreciate you listening to this podcast, and I hope that you always will. But you really need to go to... Uh, a group of people and, and study and worship together. And uh, there's power in numbers. Uh, the more you can learn about God, study about God, uh, the better in the end you're going to be. And you will actually figure out, hey, that's not really what the Bible says. And so, and you'll be able to go to and show that person. You know, that's one of the biggest things. Uh, uh, about uh, having Bible studies and things. People don't want to do them because they're nervous that they're not going to know the answers. Well, I'll be honest. There's times I don't have the answer, and I have to just be honest. I don't know. Never thought about it. Haven't studied that in a while. Uh, but I know where to go find the answer, and that's to open the book and start reading and, and start studying it out and working it out through God's Word. It takes time and effort. I think if we would really start at a young age teaching our children uh, the truth of the God's Word, uh, the truth of how we are supposed to live our lives, by the time they get to be, you know, old old folks, and they're teaching the next generation, the church would be much better off, much stronger, uh, spiritually and emotionally. Uh, we would be voting for the right people to be in office to defend our freedoms and, and religious beliefs. And we wouldn't be questioning the government's uh, motive. I, I know elections are getting ready to come up. We're starting an election cycle uh, in this country here. 
And I certainly hope that you would be thinking and praying about who you're really going to vote for. That you're not going to vote for some because of their skin color, their the particular uh, party affiliation. But you're going to read and study about that person. You're going to want to know, are they going to support God-like views, Christ-like attitudes? You know, who am I really voting for? Am I putting a worker of iniquity in office or am I voting for somebody who's going to work for the Savior and figure out ways of glorifying who he is? And I already know somebody's going to email me and say, politics and religion don't mix. Well, the early church fathers uh, would disagree with you, and I know the people who started this country would argue uh, that point as well. And why do you want somebody who's evil dictatorship type thing, uh, who promotes crime and all that, to be in office? I want to live in peace. Uh, I want my neighbor to live in peace, and we can, you know, work together and have a have a great society. I think that would be wonderful. Okay, enough of that. So I appreciate you listening. Uh, I certainly hope and pray that whatever you're planning for your Christmas holidays. Uh, are going well. I know this is a hard time of year for many people who've lost loved ones and uh, jobs and the economy and, and, and all that's really tough, despite uh, what you might hear in the radios or the news or whatever. Uh, I, I know people, I listen to them at work, they really struggle how they're going to put a decent meal on the table, uh, how they're going to buy their kids a Christmas gift or uh, be able to go see grandma, whatever type thing. And so uh, lots of stress this time of year for different reasons. And and I certainly hope and pray that uh, God will take care of all of that for you. Please uh, hit that like button. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcasting app and, and tell others about us. We certainly appreciate that as we begin to wind up this year. Thank you for listening and may God bless you. May he always have the glory. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast? or prayer request. We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory.